podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 184 of the Unholy Trinity podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's undedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. Unusual for us, never really record quickly after a, after a match is a reason for that, uh, and I wish today we weren't recording quite quickly after that, what we just witnessed at, uh, at Villa Park. Obviously, we all know by now, Everton lost the game by, by four goals to nil. Um, it couldn't have gone much worse. Scoreline, obviously, haven't scored again. Calvert Lewin injured. It will be injured. Um, and you know there was there was nothing, not much in it in a rather a rather toothless performance. Uh, we're going to dive into that, of course. But joining us today, uh, one of our one of our old regulars, really, being with us from pretty much from the off, uh, on and off, and that's that's Callum Wire uh, Callum. I could say how are you, but for a waste of time, asking that kind of question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, another um, another weekend ruin, of course. <laughs> Luckily, it was a Sunday, so you've yeah. had, uh, had a decent Saturday and just yeah. just sort of just the yeah, afternoon on a Sunday. You can have from Monday to Friday next week, doesn't it? Really? I, I know, I know. Before we before we go again against Wolves, but I'll, I'll come to you first, Callum. Obviously, I, I tried to summarise as best I could there, but. Today couldn't have really gone, you know, much much more worse than, than it did for Everton. Could have given obviously the scoreline, given what we've got in terms of injuries now to, to two two key players. Obviously Dominic Calvert Lewin, his first game of the season. We were all excited to see him lead the line, of course. And within ten minutes, he looks like potentially he's, he's, he's fractured his cheekbone there. Um, but today, on the whole, given that, given the defensive mistakes yet again, it was a rather poor showing from what should have been. I think uh, a much more resilient Everton side. Yeah, I think um, you know on paper you're not really expecting to get much from Villa, um, but obviously after that game last week was just a sloppy start and, and getting beat to Fulham. Um, we need to really go there and even if we did get beat, just give you know a convincing performance. Um, and yet again, we've come away with no goal scored in season four. We could have probably been five or six really to to Villa. Um, you know. Made a great save from the RB as well. Um, but yeah, it's just again back to the drawing board. And you know, again, two games in, um, no goals scored, six goals conceded, um, no points. So it's just, you know, is it going to be another one of them seasons again where we're struggling to get to 40 points and we're relying on the last two or three games? You know, you can't have another season like this. And I think a lot of teams have got stronger now as well. It's like, where are Evans points going to come from this season? Even the likes of Forest, who struggled last season, I think they're going to be sound this season. I think Burnley, you know, had some tough games. I think they're going to be hard to beat. So, you know, we need to get in shape. We need to do it quick. We need to do it fast. Um, that's another disappointing performance today. I think that's a concern, isn't it? That that's the fear. You know, when when Everton don't start the season well, given what we've we've had over the last couple of years, um, we haven't scored a goal. We we've shipped five already in two games, and and bearing in mind when we discussed oh, five, last yes, week, five, yes, <laughs> it's okay. Listen, it's easy to easy to miscount even at this early stage of the season. But even you know we look back at last week and and we spoke on the podcast and and we took positives from the the Fulham game. We were the much better side. On another day, we scored two or three quite quite comfortably. Yeah. We come away with three points, and then today, you know, if you lose that game, even if you lose that game four nil, with three points on the board. Yeah, it's not as as catastrophic as as it as it actually seems. You know, quite you know quite quickly after after the game today. But that's what two years, the last two years, have have done to to us as supporters, really, isn't it? Every time we we have a situation where we lose a couple of games, just even even if it's early season, things haven't settled down yet. The transfer window is still open. We always catastrophize, don't we? Yeah, hundred um, percent. And I think. With the transfer window so close to you know, to closing, everyone's going to getting forward players in. And speak of Che Adams going through, you've got Dan Juma, who I thought done really well today. I thought he was a bright spark. Um, bit similar to Debardi Gray, um, direct, wants to go with players, but probably works harder off the ball, really, when he loses the ball. 
Um, but for me, defensively, we're shocking. We're shocking. I think you look at today's game, I think Peter would agree as well. Every time Bill had attacked, I thought, bloody hell, they're going to score here. They had so much pace. You know, there was times there, it was like 1v1 against Keane, where Watkins was running at him. Patterson doesn't see him up to speed. You know, and I, I don't know how Godfrey and Brantwaite aren't, aren't getting in that team, to be honest. Like, what's happened to Godfrey? You know, like, I know he had that injury, but he just seems like he's never going to play again for Everton. Um, for me, Ashley Young shouldn't be playing left back. He should be further up the pitch. I think he's too dangerous in terms of his quality of delivery. Um, I know he was a pre-season game, but he scored against Wigan and he looked a threat from wide areas and getting forward. But at left back, I think it's an absolute waste of time. Um, but I would be concerned if we didn't get in a centre-back or, or a full-back in this window because you can't go full season with Keane and Tarkovsky at the back. Can't do it. No, we, we, we've had the conversation through throughout pre-season and said how, how important we feel that the centre-back position actually is, you know, in terms of strengthening there, given the fact that we we let Yamina go, understandably, by the way, in, in terms of his injury record, as, as good as he was. Connor Cody, obviously, we, we didn't get that deal done on a permanent basis. And we, we, we bring Jared Bransway back, who we, who we feel, after a decent season at PSV, might have got the nod, and, and it hasn't happened. Michael Keane is being brought back in from the cold after Sean Dice dropped him. And he started the first few games of the season. And as we're going to discuss now, by the way, not all on Michael Keane, before we, we you know, people start thinking we're singling players out. No. There was a lot of mistakes there today. And, yeah. and it wasn't just Michael Keane. Um, but Pete, not, well, not long before the end of the game, he said to me and Lee, um, I'm done. Horrendous. That was that was Pete's initial reaction as we were as we were talking about the game as it was going on. It's a tough it's a tough pill to swallow, isn't it, at the moment with Everton, given given the the fact that we we all, well probably not all, but I know we felt as a collective that there's still a lot of work to do in the transfer market, even at this particular point. But having a, a pre-season under Sean Dice, we've come in better equipped, even with the players I think that we've that we've got, we've come in better equipped as a squad from a a physical perspective. You said last week how fit you, you thought we looked against Fulham. Um, and we'd be better equipped to, to deal with, with other sides. These kind of sides especially would be dogged, would be determined. And you look at that today, and like like I said, there's been mistakes, of course, defensively. But yet again, Everton found themselves wanting both defensively, from what I would probably argue a, a pride perspective, a mentality perspective, and I hate to discuss a mentality, but here we are again. There was so many negatives on the show there today, wasn't it? That it's, it's difficult to sort of raise your spirits and think, okay, well, Wolves next weekend, surely we can get three points there. Well, that's that's the problem, isn't it? it it's the, the result is harrowing because I, I think I, I sent you that message at three nil. Um, so I, I was I was done with the game by then, but <laughs> continue to to watch it out of. Uh, the, the the need of getting through so we could talk about it on the podcast, but at least against Fulham there was there, there were big, you know big positives that could be taken from the performance, and arguably we should have won the game. T- today we were we were horrific, you know it's it, it was a throwback to some of the worst Everton performances of the the kind of past eighteen months, um, and you you just you hate to see that you, you hate to see us completely inept. It's it's horrible to watch your team playing a game of football that. You you know you have no hope in, and you you kind of sat there wondering like you know how many goals are we are we going to you know let in how bad is it going to get who else is going to get injured who's going to get sent off you know all of that stuff starts going around your head and you you know you you write about Michael Michael Keane he's he's not solely responsible for uh, you know for the result but I, I say what I'm about to say without any hint of irony or humour I, I genuinely mean what I'm about to say when Calvert Lewin went off. He would have been better putting Michael Keane centre forward and bringing Branthwaite or Godfrey off. But I, I, you know, people think I'm being funny. I'm really not. He can hold the ball up. He's he's good in the air. You know, and he, he can pop up with a goal or two uh, when he when he takes it first time. I genuinely think it would have given us more to more to the game. Um, but I, we'll come on to it when we talk about Wolves. I'm, I'm sure, but. I, I I think we're going to find out a lot about Sean Dyche over the next uh, two or three games because 
you know, he's looking at the same football that Everton fans are seeing, and you have to respond to what you've seen against Aston Villa. Um, like Callum said, that there the were some small positives. You know, Dan Juma, I, I thought did exceptionally well um, when he came on. I thought he really affected the game. He looked dangerous, and I think the problem was we we no longer had the personnel on on the pitch to um, to kind of benefit from from his positive play. And I also thought Dobbin looked really bright, um, you know, re- really aggressive, really fresh. The, the two of them just seemed like le- levels above when they came on. So I'm hoping that, you know, fitness dependent, they might have staked a claim for start against Wolves because we, we have to, we have to be able to change it up and his hands might be forced a little bit depending on what's happened with the Wobie. But it was just insipid, throughout the team it was far too easy for them to to run at us and we you know we were agents of our own demise as, as usual and I think that that's the thing that will really annoy most fans it wasn't that we got turned over by an outstanding football side we, we gave them a game it was another one of those where we, we were just poor and it's as black and white as that we would you know we got a bit unlucky with a couple of injuries but Injuries aside, we were poor. We were poor across the pitch in every area. We were not good enough. And we made big mistakes, big, big mistakes. And I think that's what gets fans worried. You know, it's it's one thing being completely outclassed by, you know, Manchester City at the, the, the height of form. Yes, Villa were a good team, but they shouldn't be beating us 4-0 and they shouldn't be beating us in the way they beat us today. Yeah, I agree. And again, going back to last week, we said to ignore the fact that Villa had lost to a good Newcastle side by five goals to one. I think it was Alex Ferguson had said in the week that he was most impressed by Aston Villa of all teams last weekend uh, in terms of how they played. And he said that might be a surprise, but he said in terms of what he saw. And we know that, you know, they've bought well. They're a quality side. We said they've got pace, they've got power. They'll cause us massive problems. And what was strange to me is that we, we didn't set up in a manner you know, we always compare to that Brighton game last season, away from home, of course, went to a side, they were by far superior. And we said to them, go on, have the ball. We won't even sign an entertain, taking the ball off your centre-halves and, and sign a sort of interact with them. We'll keep our shape. And it worked. It was perfect. Whereas today, there was holes everywhere. It was almost as if Everett was trying to press at the wrong time, in the wrong areas. And when we were doing that, that was leaving gaps. That was leaving gaps where players had, had, had vacated. But... You know, going through the goals, that first goal, you know, how many things have, have gone wrong there in terms of it's on our left there, right? They've got to be able to get to the to the uh, to the byline to, to to pull the ball across. James Garner left left his man in John McGinn. Um it was all just too easy, wasn't it, Callum? And, and once that happened, you know, was it 18, 17, 18 minutes in, that just spelled disaster gate, didn't it? Yeah, um it was a poor goal to concede. And you said before about getting getting the press on and stuff. And for me, it just, Everton obviously says what really compact. That's what the sound was. And it was like, okay, well, when it goes, you can have it and you obviously can play into wide areas. The problem was when they went to wide areas, they went to Luca Dean. One, he had too much time. And then secondly was, if he didn't have too much time, the centre-backs were always free to play it back to. And he just kept circulating the ball from left to right. And he'd do that three or four times. And we weren't locking on to make them go back. It was just like, okay, let them circulate. And then by that time, you've moved, you've moved across three or four times. They're going to find gaps if you're not sliding across quick enough. And that's exactly what happened. And obviously, I think that they'd gone going for a slide tackle. And it's just like bounced up horrible. And you got away. And a Wobie was caught a little bit high. It's gone in behind. And obviously, then Bailey with, you know, Bit of a drop of the shoulder does ask Young again for me. Should be playing left back anyway, um, but he has to because Michelin goes no good um, and gets done and, and they get the goal. But again, you know, Bailey saving his best game but against us, you know, than the last time. You know, he's just absolutely been unbelievable today. Again, played what 60 minutes when off injured, um, got a goal and got an assist. He just he was horrible against us, just so quick. Um, but once that first goal is in, the second goal goes in. It's game over, and I think with what Michael said, you know, Dice is having to try and find different tactics. He's going to have to. I think McNeil's a massive loss for us at the moment. Massive loss. I think he's he's a creator. He scores goals. 
Um, and what else was I going to say then? I think I'm saying no. We've got Calvert Lewin. You know, how many times in the second half, Calvert Lewin went off, but we're still pumping balls down the line or pumping balls down centrally. It's like, what, what are you going to accomplish for that? You just kept giving the ball away. It just, you know, Calvert Lewin goes off. You can't start looking for long balls into Mope. It's like, can I just give up? You know, Calvert Lewin's not on the pitch. And, and that's my worry. If Calvert Lewin doesn't play next game, is who plays up top? Like, you hoping that Chiasm comes in that he goes straight in, not one of them ones where it's, oh, he's not fit enough or he's not up to the level. You know, we go straight in because otherwise we get beat to Wolves. It's like, it's, it's, you know, you just know it's going to be the longest season ever. It's going to be another third season that's trying to get to 40 points or 36 points again. Well, this, this is this is the problem, isn't it? You know, we, we mentioned the the potential impact of, of losing the first two games of the season. And, and obviously it's happened. And it's it's what that does to the to the mentality um, of, of the players, obviously of us, us as fans. But just by going back to going back to the game, and we're obviously we'll talk about potentially a new signing this week, um, and, and also Wolves Wolves shortly. But again, when you say the second goal went in, penalty kick given against against Jordan Pickford. Obviously, there was a lot of conversation from Monday night from when Onana, the Manchester United goalkeeper, clattered into into the Wolves player. It was a blatant penalty, wasn't given, and obviously today. Evan on the end of one of those. To be fair, at, at first I saw it and thought, what have you given? Looking at it back, I can't really argue. And and to be fair to Pickford again, what, what's he meant to do? As a goalkeeper, if he just stood there and didn't try and spread himself, then obviously they probably score a goal. So difficult thing. But when you get the second the second goal, like you say, it's almost then. If the first goal, it wasn't game over, because we know historically in recent years as Everton fans, we go a goal behind. Evan don't really come back. But two 0 down. Now after half time as well, you just think there's just no chance. Dominic Calvert Lewin goes off, of course, uh, potentially fractured his cheekbone, which is another spell on the sideline, which is horrendous luck for him. Um, I think there was a little bit of crowd reaction to that, a bit of sarcasm in terms of the response from Calvert Lewin as well. Um, not a particularly nice nice situation to to be in. We we see obviously Dan Juma could. Come on, and we mentioned there that, that he had a had a decent impact. I thought overall, from he was essentially went left when when Mope came on. But we look at the, at the other two goals, Pete, and you know, in terms of amateur defending and from a mentality perspective, how disappointing are both of those goals? You know, we go back to the the one where Villa have got to throw in on our right there left. Everton have totally switched off altogether. They've thrown a ball into the box. Is it Michael Keane? I'm not quite sure what he was trying to do. Just hoof the ball away. Just just kick the ball away. Don't know what he was trying to do. They're in. They score 3-0. Definitely game over. And obviously the, the fourth one was 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 even more comical in terms of our own throwing. Un, under undercut by Ashley Young, gotta be said. Michael Keane doesn't really get there. They go through. Fell on the pitch for about 20 seconds. Never scored a goal in his life by all accounts and then scores against Everton. That was, the, that, was, that was the case of commentator, wasn't it? This guy coming on now who's not scored a Premier League goal in 25 years comes on. <laughs> you know what's going to happen next, don't you? you know, I, think, I think it was 50 seconds he was on for, this kid. He had two touches, I think. Two touches. Yeah. It, was just, it was just incredible. But, but Peter, they're the kind of things, aren't they, that when you look back on a, on a performance and obviously... It was a game where it finished finished by four goals to nil. But out of those those four goals, for me, you could argue three were totally avoidable. And not even, you know, it was a 50-50, could have gone either way. Three of those goals shouldn't have happened. And those last two definitely shouldn't have happened, should they? No, absolutely. I mean, we were talking just before we were recording about um, some of the stats that were, uh, that were logged for the game. And I think it was logged by Opta that Villa had two clear chances. So they had two clear chances and have ended up with with four goals. And I, I completely agree with you. Three of them, at least, at least, we we gave to them. But you know, people talk about backbone at, and at two nil down, we've then given them a further two goals. You know, handed them a further two goals just just by being piss poor. And it's again, it's as simple as that. And I think that's what infuriates you when you 
you watch some of the mistakes because it's it's about you know disorganization lapses of concentration i understand why fans get wound up and they look at certain players and talk about a lack of quality and look that might come into it but i think particularly those last two goals it's not even quality it's it's just about being switched on and focused and competitive and and doing your job and I know we're very early on in the season and it's you know it's important not to catastrophize or be too over the top about it but I think as Evertonians we, we just we know the script too well and I, I think we know our own team too well and I think it's you know you, you need to stop the rot now and we found ourselves in the position of going into two games against Wolves and Sheffield United with no points you know and even having a point on the board I think psychologically just puts you in a in a bit of a different position. You know, we've we've loaded those two games now with an amount of pressure that we we just don't need this early on in the season. And at a point in the season where, um, you know, now we might find ourselves with potentially four key injuries um, to to you know players that would arguably be in our um, in our starting eleven. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I I think. The goals were inexcusable, and again, I'm not blaming the manager, but I think you expect better from a, a Sean Dice side, you know, when there's the, the, the so much about his philosophy that's built on being tough to beat and being organised and doing your job and having a defensive philosophy and uh, being difficult to score against. We had none of that today. This is a, the surprising thing for, from my perspective is that, that that's what I thought I'd be seeing, especially away from home, is, you know, I know Sean Dice come, comes with a reputation and a style of play, and, and I think, you know, he's done a disservice at times. You know, people just think he sets his sides up to be difficult to beat, but there's more to him than that, and, and there is. But I think what, what we saw with Sean Dice for the time he was with us last season, especially away from home, because our form picked up, never mind it, the, the Brighton win. We got draws away at Chelsea, draws away at Leicester. I think we were unbeaten in our last four four away games, which are a side that never picks up any kind of points away from home. Not too bad at all. That's why I thought today we'd, we'd see similar in terms of us being really difficult to, to beat. We'd be difficult to break down. We'd keep our shape. It'll be a disciplined performance. You know, we're not going to create all sorts of chances, but you go there to try and get a point. It's, it's For me, it's that easy. And then... He spoke, um, I think it was on Thursday, on the Friday, in his press conference, and he sort of said, oh, yeah, we can go there. We want to take the game to them. Um, we want to go there and, and sort of almost, in a way, not be ultra-defensive. And and for me, it, it's backfired because of the the, the kind of player that, they, that they've got on their side. The Arby's rapid. Bailey's rapid. Watkins is certainly no mug, and, he, and he's quick, quick himself. So those three alone can cause you a lot of problems. And we just didn't set up for me in in the right way. And you know, you can't as a manager, you can't legislate for for defensive lapses in concentration and and defensive mistakes. But do you think it's on the manager Callum a little bit this today in terms of what we what we saw? Because you know, we, we talk about personnel and 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 who should and shouldn't be playing. You know, we've we haven't really well, we haven't replaced. You know, two centre halves. You've gone. I was no Jared Brandsbeek has come back in, but we knew this. The centre half position was is, is a key, is a key area for me, and we had to do something in the market and have to do something in the markets. You know, with, with a week or so left to go, do you think it's on the mind a little bit in terms of how we set up and the personnel that he's continuing to use? Yeah, you can you can always look at that. Um, I think though, you know, the level that they you know, their manager in the experience that he's got, you know, he sees things on the training field and he'll he'll have people who he thinks he can trust. Um and obviously we 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 won't won't always agree with that. Um but we don't we don't see what goes on in training. You know, Brand Bates could be couldn't be good enough in training. Godfrey, I don't know what's happened to him. Um for me on paper he should be walking back into that side. I don't think Patterson's playing very well neither. Um, so from the outset, you could say, you know, you'd have Brandweight start and you potentially have Godfrey starting. Um, so, yeah, but I don't know, he just, he's going with players he thinks he can trust, but obviously on today's performance, it was shocking. And in terms of them, I think what we struggled with today was their players, the likes of Bailey, um, you know, Watkins, them players up front, just finding the spaces in between the lines. And I think once that, 
them passes were going in between our midfield four and their three or four were just attacking our back four. That's where we're the most we're most vulnerable because we've got no speed and we can't run. And when you've got a front three like they had today, it just makes it very, very hard to, to, to defend against. And, you know, on paper, you maybe think, you know, should have a back five maybe worked a bit better, maybe. Um, maybe a you know, five, three, two or something. I don't know. But he's got a system. He thinks it works. And, you know, he got us out of the trouble last season. Um, but when you're playing against a team who's got so much pace, it's, it's very difficult to go away from home and get, get, get points. And you know, that proved the points again today. We we discussed it, the the Brantford situation before the season started and said, you know, what what is what is worse for him? Is is it worse for him to start the season off against Fulham in a partnership with with um James Tarkovsky? Or is it worse for him? Unfortunately, we, we felt inevitably when Michael Keane starts to have a, a couple of poor games, has a poor game because we know historically he struggles mentally. He really doesn't, and he's very much a confidence player. And when he has a game or a couple of games strung together where he doesn't play particularly well, his head goes. And that's why he was pulled out late on last season and probably yeah. pulled out a bit, a little bit too late, uh, for, you know, for, for many fans like him. But you think then, why, why not, not just say to Brantley, you know, you've got, you've got to wait to PSV. You've had a re- real solid season over there. He's matured as a footballer. He's gone away and won a trophy. Why not just say to him from game one, you're in, you're the partnership, because... As you said, and I and I, and I hate I hate to, you know calling players out, but it's historically we know that Michael Keane relies heavily on confidence, and we know that he's got a mistake in him. We know in recent years it's probably been worse than it than it has. I think since he signed, he's had one one decent season. I think when he picked up the uh, an award at the end of the season awards, but he he, he does. He really, really struggles, and I, I feel sorry for him. I really do because inevitably, what happens is people then pile in on him, and and start to give him loads and loads of shit. And it's it's difficult, especially at a time when we're struggling on the pitch, and people are looking for someone to, to call out and, and be be that player, you know, to to give the the shit to. I think Brantwood for me, given what we've got currently, you mentioned obviously Ben Godfrey, who's now probably seen as the fourth the fourth centre half in in that side. The mind just got to be brave and look to make a change, but probably more importantly and more drastically dip into the transfer market and get someone else in as well. Because if we go through this season with the, with these four centre halves, yeah, we're always going to concede silly, yeah. silly goals for me. What, what what's your thoughts on that, Callum? Yeah, I totally agree, and I don't know the piece will agree with this, but I don't know why. You know, the, the, the centre backs out there to get, you know, there is. Um, but the, the whole Cody thing was a strange one as well because, like, surely Cody would have been a, at least a decent backup um, for him to sign. Obviously, he's not, but, you know, we need to get someone in. We do, and I think I think now as, as a team, and we have done for years now, we've lacked real leadership and, like Peter said before, backbone. You know, there's just, there's just no resilience in that team at all. There's no one you think, you know what, this player's going to pull us through here. He's going to start, you know, Give firing everyone up and saying, "Come on, let's go again." And you know, just just seems to be any of that. Um, Onana for me, I don't know. I don't know what he brings to the table. To be honest, I'm I'm not going to lie. Um, our midfield, I think, is weak. I think that setup of um, Garner on the right, Awobi on the left. I think it's an absolute waste of time. Awobi's not a winger. Garner's not a right midfielder. There's like you said before, there's probably a better system which suits the players that we've got to play from playing what we played today with that 4-4-2. Um, and for me, it, it is, it is Dice saying that we wouldn't have been better going Brantwaite left-back and putting Ashley Long left-wing. That would have not been a better option or been a bit more balanced on that side. don't know. Um, but yeah, the transfer window is massive and I'm going to be really disappointed if we just get one forward player in because it's going to be a long season. It really is. We need a proper leader to come in. Um, James Tarkowski, I, I think, for me, I think he plays okay some games, but for me, sometimes I'm not convinced. For next, how experienced he is, I can count so many times last season as well where he gets caught as a centre-back 
on the wrong side, on the wrong shoulder of the centre forward. When he comes across too much and the ball gets played inside him. I think it's Southampton last season. Um, and he's meant to be an experienced centre back. Um, so, yeah, it's just we need someone in. We need someone, but I, I think we need two or three players, four players. But what the days are counting down now, and who are we going to get? The Mary Gray, I think that's going to go through. Um, he's going to leave. Um, we need three or four to come in. And, you know, Dice will have his players he wants to get in, but it's whether we can get them. Obviously, as well, we've signed Harrison, haven't we? Harrison. Yeah, so Harrison came in, didn't he, this week? Yeah, so I, think, I think he'll be decent for us. I think he's a decent player. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward for him to come in. Um, I think he'll do well for us. I, th- I think it's important, obviously, to, to reflect on as much as we, like I said earlier on, we, we do catastrophize because of what, what's gone on the last two seasons. And we're only two games in, but we're, we're seeing, obviously, bad habits. We're seeing poor a poor performance today after a, a semi-decent one against Fulham. But what we what we have to look at is okay. Well, we've got a number of days left in the transfer window. We are linked to a number of players quite quite strongly as we speak today, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But then we've obviously got the likes of Dwight McNeil's a massive miss. He's a massive massive miss, so he's got to come back in. You have got Jack Harrison. You know, came in after a little wobble, wasn't it? At the start at the start of the week, um, he's through the door, but obviously currently injured, so we're not going to see him until probably after the international break as well. We've got Seamus Coleman to come back in, of course. Calvert-Lewin now could be out for a good probably four to six weeks. We're speculating. We have to wait for, obviously, the, the assessments on his on his injury. And obviously, then we've got these these other players who who potentially are going to leave. Damari Gray, probably the most likely. The likes of Andre Gomez, Gabamon, although he hasn't come back to the club, but obviously I'm sure the club are looking to, to, to get him moved out. Um, Mason Holgate has been linked to a number of clubs as well. So we've got a lot of things to go on, I think, in the final we are resources sort of seven Tom to ten. Davis as well. Tom Davis gone, hasn't he? Tom Davis. Well, Davis obviously left on a on a on a three because he was out of contact, but he's obviously signed for Sheffield United. So cure Tom Davis goal when we played yeah, there. Yeah, you get your money on that. Get your <laughs> money on that. Yeah. So don't be surprised if that happens. So there's still a lot of things that we need to remember in terms of when we when we reflect on a game and when we react to a game, that you know, the, there is there is still a lot of moving parts that are that are currently going on. And things that that will change before the transfer window closes, but it's, it's massively, massively important that we get it right. But we're going to leave the Villa game there because, to be honest with you, I don't want to talk any any more about it. It's, it was a uh, about hundred minutes of my life that I'm not going to get back, um, <laughs> and and it wasn't a nice way to spend a Sunday afternoon. But we're going to call a call a quick break there, and we're going to talk about a potential incoming this week, as it seems to be moving quite quite quickly. Uh, before we look ahead to the the six-pointer in the third game of the season at home to Wolves after this short break. I can part of today's Unholy Trinity podcast. And like I said before the break, the, you know, we we are active and busy in, in the transfer market. And, and the striker who seems to have been selected seems to be Che Adams from uh, Southampton, linked heavily last season. As we were saying before we recorded, it was between him and Neil Mope, and, and Neil Mope got the nod. And now we're going to bring in Che Adams as well. So he, he looks like he's on the verge after Everton submitted a higher offer uh, today at some point. It looks like it, that, that's going to be agreed. So by the time we actually face Wolves next, next weekend, you would expect him to be in the squad, maybe even starting, depending on what happens, obviously, with, with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, but Pete, what's your thoughts? What you th- what's your thoughts on him? Obviously, he's... Some might say, I know Lee, Lee's already said this, I know he's not, not here, not with us at the moment, he's, he's in the theatre, I've mentioned that one at the start of the show, he's gone to the theatre, overdoing mm. the podcast, bit of a strange decision, but I'll say no more than that. Um, but Che Adams, Lee seems to think it's quite an underwhelming sign. Somebody who has been linked heavily for the last, to say, for the last 12 months. What, what's your take on, on that move? Are you happy with that? Do, do you understand why the club have gone down that road of trying to, trying to get him in? Well, I, I do understand why the club have gone down that road of trying to get him in because I think it's evident he's probably not been in our top two or three on the shortlist. And I, I think we are where we are. I think Che Adams is is now the the pool that we're fishing in. Um, and that you know that's it's not to devalue Che Adams, but I, I think what what he is is industrious and uh, and hardworking. I think what he's not is a an out-and-out goal scorer. So 
you know, if we do sign Che Adams and um, he, he does provide cover or competition for Calvert-Lewin or, you know, it, if Calvert-Lewin's injury record, fitness record continues the way it has been over the past season, if Che Adams is actually playing the, the majority of games in a, a centre-forward role, I don't think he's going to be bringing in 15 goals. I, I think he'll be a player that allows us to get up the pitch and allows Everton to to kind of play the way that um, maybe Sean Dyche like, likes us to play, counter-attacking. Um, it gives us an option to uh, to, to get out quickly. Um, but I... I can understand why why people are maybe a bit underwhelmed by it because arguably it doesn't fit with that sort of vision of you know developing players. He's not going to be a player that we make a profit on. It's kind of going back to that idea of re- recruiting players, thinking about the now and trying to stay up. Um, and it, it's been a philosophy that hasn't served us particularly well. So I, I do think it's a slight gamble in some ways, really. Um, but also... What's the alternative? Well, we we I know we we discussed a few alternatives ourselves over the last the last few weeks. Of course, I mean, how doable those those deals are and where? Who knows? Um, I think it's quite clear that the the club want to bring in somebody with Premier League experience. They want to bring in somebody who can hit the ground running. Um, given the fact, obviously, given Dominic Calvert Lewin's recent injury history, they they probably know. That they were going to be called upon sooner rather than than later, um, and it gives obviously the likes of Yusef Chitty time. Sean Dice alluded to the other day, this press conference gives him time to obviously bed in, um, understand what English football is all about, and and obviously look to develop as well before we we look to bring him into into a match day squad. He was there today, by the way. He did travel, uh, but wasn't named on the bench. Um, so I, I think that's the angle the club are going for. Um, whether it proves to be the right angle remains remains to be seen, of course. But Callum, what, what do you think that that Che Adams will bring to to the Everton side? Do, do you think that he's the right kind of player to be to be brought in? It's one of them, isn't it? It's our hands are tied as well. You know, we haven't got 30, 40 million to, to buy a centre forward, and even if we did, he probably wouldn't come to us anyway. You know. Um, price tags looking at 12 million. Um, so that's something we can probably pay, probably pay, pay, that, pay that back to them for over 10 years, probably. Um, but no, I think he, he's got pace, hasn't he? He's got power. Um, he can run and beyond. He seems like he's a grafter. Um, when he plays, he's, he seems a bit of a handful. He does put himself around. Um, a bit like Barnes, really, for, for Bernie. Um, a bit like him and, and the way he played next to Wood. So, you know, if we're going to be playing, you know, that system of that sort of that 4-4-2 out of possession with the core next to Adams or how it was today, you know, you know that, that might work well. I think he he would benefit from someone next to him. Um, he's not going to be win loads of headers and, and that kind of thing, but he's going to be better than what we've got. I think Mopay, I think his days are done at Everton. I just don't think he's nowhere near the level um, of what we need. Again, but Proved the point again today. He was just, he was just awful. First touch is terrible. Can't control the ball. Can't run. No speed. Um, but that's been the emphasis. You know, that's been Everton for the last however many years since the Cuban era. Just getting players that can't run and can't get around the pitch. You know, you look at Filler today, saying like he fought well. He just got speed all over the pitch. There's even a chance today where I think Dan Juma broke away, um, and we just had no one up the pitch. He had to turn back. Um, so I think with Adams he'll be direct. We can get it in behind to him, and he'll he'll give us a different option. Um, so for twelve million pounds, yeah, he's twenty seven. There's no resale value at all. But you know, it's not like we're gambling on you know someone for thirty million, thirty five. He's probably going to be another forgotten player. Um, we're not going to get no money back on. So we have just got to bite the bullet and, and see how he does and, and get behind if he does sign. Guys, I mean, he does bring that pace and power, doesn't he? I, I play, uh, pay close attention to him at the weekend. Obviously, they, they played Plymouth, which was live, and I think there was probably uh, a massive peak. Oh, he scored, didn't he? Didn't he score the weekend? He scored basically one of the last kicks of the game and stopped it, signed, didn't he, to, to, to win the game for Southampton. And he didn't have a, a particularly good game now. Whether 
I mean, who knows? But whether he played within himself because of the fact he knew, I don't want to get injured here, I'm off, I'm off to Everton, so I'll just sort of play that 90%. Who knows that? But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a good habit to be in. Not not, not playing well, but, but grabbing a goal, which he did, with, which was the winner. And that, that's three and three for him in the um, in the championship so far this season. So, for me, you know, you want to bring someone in who's, who's got confidence because Neil Mope, as we said this ourselves last week, he, you know, he, he lacks confidence given the fact he's not scored since last last October. Not in great form, of of course. Had had, had a good time at the club, and and we saw again today when he, when he came on, he had that one chance, which which obviously uh, Martin had saved. But then, his first touch was off, and it, it, it's his head just not in it. And and I think he needs to, to move on for his own his own sake to be fair, so he can go and sort of press the reset button and and look to look to start again and hopefully you know kick on with his career. But I think with Che Adams, yeah, you know he's going to bring that that pace and that power. Um, he's not as big as I thought he was. Though. He's not as tall as as I thought he was. I think he's about one one point eight meters. He's not 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 particularly massive, but he's a he's a strong lad. He's a bit of a unit, isn't he? So I think we we'll see someone who who can hold the ball up. You can you can bring players in. You can you know look to play on the shoulder of a of a centre half and and look to then running running behind as well. You know and and with you know we saw Dan Juma today, didn't we? I was I was quite impressed by his performance in terms of what he brought, especially when he when he played wide and. Yeah. And he played that his, his favorite position is obviously that, that wide left position. And he looks to cut inside on his right foot. Did it a few times. I'm looking not to get a goal actually in the first half himself when he was playing more centrally. But he tried to make things happen. Him and um him and say uh, just saw Chad on the screen then. Him mm. and um sorry, Mope had, had a chance. And and I thought Dobbin as well when he came on, I thought he looked quite lively as well. So so it gives you a little bit of hope, you know, with Dan Juma. Dobbin maybe in the shorter term before the window closes. Um, McNeil to come back in. Say Adams and Pete just said he, he was he five foot nine. Pete, which is not not particularly not particularly tall, is it for for a centre forward? You know, quite surprised, quite surprised by that. Um, I get that checked. I'll get that fact checked. Make sure that, that that's right. Um, mm. He looks bigger than that, but the core looks like he's about six foot five, but he's not not even six yeah. foot the core. Right? There's a bit of a bit of a fact for you. Um, but yeah, it's going to be. You, you'd assume that given the the reporter came out immediately after the game today. No, no surprise there to try and pick up Everton fans probably as best he could. That the deal is is very very close. So you would think that in the first couple of days um, of the week that we would see Che Adams actually sign on the on the dotted line. Um, the thing with that though, again though, you can see that happening, can't you? Like, out when's he got to sign by to be able to play Saturday? So he's, he's got to have signed, isn't it? The final working day before. The, the weekend game by midday. So I think it's supposed to be Friday midday he's got a sign by. So you'd assume by that time he'd be in through the door. And you know, even if you went to Wednesday or Thursday, we should be we should be okay there. No whatever like with deals, but I, I can't see personal personal terms being an issue. Um obviously he played at the weekend so you'd assume that that he'll he'll be okay to be in the squad straight away. You know, he's Sean Dice is quite quite funny, isn't he, about players just being lashed into the squad. But you know, he, he's he's played in, in all three uh, of the Southampton's games so far this season, some way, shape or form. So he should be fine to be in there, assuming that we get the deal done, of course. But before we look ahead to Wolves, I just want to mention yet again this ongoing saga of uh, of Willie Nonso. It just doesn't seem to want to go away, does it? Because it's a player that we've been linked with heavily for weeks and weeks and weeks. The player's recently thrown in a, a transfer request as well. Lead stance is very, very clear, still saying he's not for sale in any way, shape or form. There was talk again today that a new bid has gone in, uh, potentially high 20, 20 odd million with it, with another so many million on top in terms of extras. Who knows what to believe? Um, Callum, what's your take on on that potential deal? Do, do you think Everton have got to have a point, haven't they, where they stop and they say, right, we're not paying any more than but this particular figure because it's getting to the points now. I know he's he's 19 years of age, I think he is. Yeah. Um obviously the the one year in the, in the Premier League and Italian International. Do you think Everton should turn the focus elsewhere uh, as opposed to spending so much on on Woody Nonso? No, he's he's one of them players, isn't he? I think he's gonna he's gonna have a, a high resale value in, in one thing, but at the same time he plays wide left, doesn't he? That's where Dan Juma plays. He can play either side, can't he? I think he can play off the right as well. He's quite comfortable either side. 
yeah, I think most of us get games for, for Leeds without wide left. But no, I um, I like him. I think he's. I think we do well to get him. I can't believe we even linked with him. Um, I think he's a top player, technically very good, very small, but again strong, strong work ethic, um, on and off the ball, and you know he would fit into that work ethic sort of thing that sort of Sean Dice wants. Um, he's exciting, isn't he, on the ball? Um, but no, I just I think if you know that that last bid sort of thing gets rejected, then I, I don't think we're going to go back. And that's going to be like the will be that the second, the third third bid will it be now? Third or fourth bid? For yeah, him? yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I think you know he's a young, promising player, and you know if we do turn our attention to someone else, it might be that it's you know an older player just to get us over the line this season. You know, I think they struggle to sort of find another up and coming. Um, play really so I don't know how that, that work or does he then turn his focus on getting a centre back um, don't know yeah I yeah. mean obviously the links the links and on so have, have been really strong and, and it's quite clear Everton want this player it seems to be quite clear the player wants to come uh, whether that's just because he wants to get back in the Premier League or he's got any kind of, uh, of affection towards Everton, I'm assuming just wants to play in the Premier League because even our affection towards Everton is uh, is wearing wearing quite thin, I would say. Um, but I just think that you know there, there will come a cut off because there's got to be. You know, we, we can't afford to let this drag on and keep on miss going out. and going and going and miss out. Yeah, on 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 him and potentially other players if if we if we can't get him. So we've got to sort of say. A particular day, right? This is where we stop now because there's other players. We, we have been linked with another couple, you know, couple of wide players, and, and there's no surprise really, given the fact that this is this is dragged on. Um, but I think a lot's dependent, you know, this the my great deal to potentially to Fulham, you know, was slowed. Um, you know, potentially going to Palace as well. That way, he was also linked there. He was also into going to, to to Saudi Arabia, of course. There was there was a quite a quite a strong link there, but that seems to have slowed things down. He's not been seen. I think he's been back to Finch Farm, but he's not saying not been seen any kind of training footage or anything like that. So he's not not under consideration for us. So that deal's got to be done quickly as well to enable us to then go and potentially look at, at a centre half and and get the Nonto deal done done as well. But um it's gotta happen quickly, as we know. You know, the the deadline is is now fast approaching and Everton have got to come out of this window in a better position than we started it. And currently, you know, where we are with who we brought in. Injuries. We're not in a great state, to be honest with you. We're in a worse state than we than where we were at the start of the window, and and we've we've got to we've got to be better. And that sense of half position is is a real is a real massive one. The fit for me, and we we've got to really address that. But the, you know, hopefully Adams gets done pretty sharpest. Let's get him in the squad for the Wolves game. Um, non so, who knows. Who knows how long that's going to go on for? But we've got to have to say that's there's got to be a a point where we just pull the plug and say, right, let's let's move on, let's move on to somebody somebody else. Um, but going on to Wolves, Pete, we we mentioned last week if we go, we could be going into the Wolves game with no points. Uh, we are, of course, so Wolves. They've been on the end of a bit of a hiding themselves at the weekend against the quality Brighton side, but at home, four goals to one. After what I thought was it was a real decent showing by Wolves at, at Old Trafford, I thought they, they had a, a real good goal. They had some some great chances. Um, now, you know, it's it's a funny thing to say that you know the third game of the season that you know the pressure starts to build. Um, but are you feeling that pressure now going into that game, given the fact that we haven't won, we haven't scored, um, Wolves in the same position in terms of the, their points total? Are you now feeling a little bit of pressure? As we as we look ahead to uh, to Saturday, will be when I'm in the stadium, and I, I think everybody else will as well. James Tarkowski said after uh, the Villa game that the the positives for him of um, of getting beat four nil were that Villa got battered five one last week, turned up and won four nil today. So there's no reason why we can't go and do that next week. Now, what I'd say to him is I'd, I'd love to believe you. I'd absolutely love to love to believe you, and the players have got to go out first and foremost and and respond, haven't they? We we have to put in a performance. We can't we can't do that thing that we sometimes do, where we start really nervous and we yeah. we play within ourselves because if you're wolves, you know you. I, I say it every time for these kind of games on the podcast, if you're the away team, you know exactly what they're going to be saying in the dresser. Go go there, silence the crowd. The crowd will get nervy. 
all we've got to do is hit them on the break or get a corner. We get the first goal and, and we're golden. That that would be your your philosophy playing against, you know, if you're Wolves playing against Everton. And I, I just think we, we, we've got to steamroll them. And, and hopefully it, it would be great if we had, if we managed to sign Che Adams and get him over the line and have him available. Um, but I, I think, I think as well, Dice needs to consider making some changes. And I, I think that, the change that maybe all the fans are calling for is to, to have someone else partnering James Tarkowski at centre half. But for me, I think Dan Juma and, and Lewis Dobbin have have done enough to um, to suggest at, at least one. But I, I'd say hopefully both of them uh, could be in the starting lineup because it goes back to what you and Callum were saying earlier that we we didn't have any balance in our approach to Aston Villa, and I think that's reflected in the lack of chances we created and. Um, you know, we we were looking at some kind of extreme look or individual brilliance to to get something from from that game, and I I, I just think if we can have Dobbin left and Juma right, we'll have a lot more attacking balance and a, a lot more endeavour, and it will allow us to get up the pitch regardless of of who's centre forward. If it is Mope who starts um, who starts in that position. I just don't think it works having, like like Callum said, James Garner on that right-hand side. I think we're not able to play in, in the way that we need to. Um, but I think if we can perform the way we did against Fulham with that kind of energy and that kind of attacking focus, hopefully we should be able to do enough to, um, to win the game. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it at all. And it's... You know the the script writes itself. We were kind of we we're all worried that the Wolves game and the Sheffield United game might might end up feeling this way and being approached in this way. But I I think we you know our our job is to to go into those games and try and change the script. I, I agree. I mean, there the could be there could be a raft of changes. Really, I mean, the, the manager did mention after the game he did give credit to, to both Dan Juma and Lewis Dobbin. Who you know we said they, they tried to make things happen and they both did. They both went went at the fullbacks. Uh, they they were trying to they were trying to obviously in an, in an attacking sense trying to get Everton back into the back into the game. And you know it, would it surprise me to see to see quite a few changes? Not really. No. You know we could quite quite feasibly you could see James Garner come into the centre midfield. Just a guy he could drop out. I thought he was he wasn't great today. To, to be honest, obviously he was taken oh, off. I thought I thought he was quality against Fulham though. He was, he was, he was, but I think that I think the yellow card today that that's probably why he's gone off. But for me, I think he gets a lot, lot of criticism. But even in that Fulham game, he was the only one who was dropping in to get on the ball, he was the only one who was tackling with intensity and running. Um, I, I wouldn't leave most of the team against Wolves. I, I, I agree. I, I, I think I, I do think he, he's a player that is is definitely undervalued and his stats back, back up. I think how important he is, he is to us. But I do think at times that, and I think it showed in terms of stats in last season as well, uh, mistakes that he makes it that leads to goals. And sometimes he will have these games where he's just he's just nowhere near it. So I, I just wouldn't be surprised after his first half today where, like you say, he got booked. Um, he didn't play particularly well, but, but who did? It could be an option for the manager to say to James Garner, right, you you playing wide right isn't working and it's not. And, you know, no, no, no offence to him. But I could quite quite uh, feasibly see him drop into centre midfield. If we're saying about Dobbin and Dan Juma, they could be your two wide players. You could then see Che Adams come straight in and play up top. So you could have a, have a, a brand new sort of front three there straight away. And, you know, we, we, we look up then, could then Brantway come in at left centre half? Of course he could. He could then drop in there. Um, you know, we, th- there's a few things that mind just got to got to really look at there, t- to be honest with you, and, and look to... It sounds a bit strange to say freshen things up this area in the season. But when you've lost your first two games, albeit one, you should have won, but we didn't score, which, you know, you're going to win a game of football if you don't score. And the second one, we we were, you know, to, to put it, the, the way that, that James Sarkowski said today after the game, we capitulated after the first goal. So again, mentality's got to be questioned. So it does no harm to bring players in, assuming that they can come in and they can they can do a job. Uh, they, they, they can't do any worse than what we've seen today that's for sure maybe some of those players need a bit a bit of a, a shock tactic and, and and they are taken out of the the equation and and new players new players brought in but it's it is it, you do feel the pressure 
of course, you know, we started another season with two consecutive defeats. So you do fear that Everton, yet again, are going to find themselves in a similar position where we, we get sucked into to fighting fighting for our Premier League status. If we don't do something, if we don't get points on the board now, we've got Wolves at home, then Sheffield United away. So two games against sides where you could you could say we're going to, are going to be in the round as well. So you've got to look to pick up points in, in these kind of games. But for Wolves, you know, Nunes, he got sent off against Brighton. So he'll be missing the Everton game. Two yellow cards. Quite sure that they, they can't appeal. They can't appeal. That's a, a key player for them. A quality player who was on the brink of signing for Everton, by the way, a couple of, a couple of years ago. So he's going to be missing. They've had to sell quite a few of their, their key players. At least try or they will be playing against us. Well, no, no, and obviously he signed for Fulham just after the full time whistle, didn't he? Last weekend as well. So we didn't get we didn't get to see him play for them against us at Goodison. So, you know, they've lost a few players, haven't they? Obviously, the, the likes of um Neves has gone, of course. He he's a key he was a key player for them. Jimenez. Collins has gone to Brentford. Um so that, that, a lot of a lot of players. Yeah, a lot of players have gone. He were, he were good quality. I like, I like Bingo for them though, is he still there? Um Wang. Yeah, he scored. He scored their goal at the weekend. Yeah, good player. We were linked with him, weren't we? I think in January. Of course, um, yeah. So they still got, don't get me wrong, there's still some quality players there. Neto's another one who, who was thinking against Man United last week had a, had a decent game as well, a quality football. He's had a, a bad injury. He's now come back in. So they still got some quality there. But there's a bit of a bad feeling around that club. The manager's left just on the eve of the, the new Premier League season. Gary O'Neill's come in, lost the first home game, as I say, quite substantially to, to Brighton. We've, we've all been there. But this this pressure, it will it will be felt, I think, in and around the ground on yeah. Saturday. It'll be felt by the players, I'm sure. The manager will be eager to, to, to get points on the board. And, you know, three points makes all the difference, doesn't it? If you can win I that think... game and pull yourselves away, even in this early stage, and just get get the ball rolling, you feel a little bit better, don't you? Yeah, I think what, what Peter said before, it's for me, it's the most important thing in football. Um is energy. Energy and intensity wins games. Um, it's as simple as that. And every game that we go into, we have to have a, a team set up best that we can that has got energy that plays that can run. Now, we haven't got many players that can do that. Um, you've got the likes of Garner, um, Awobi, you might be injured now. We've got to take the game to Wolves from, from, the, from the very off because the first goal in that game is massive. It's absolutely huge. If they score the first goal, the whole stadium goes silent. The players get nervous. And then you know what happens then? We start creating chances. We'll miss chance after chance after chance. They'll get a breakaway, score 2-0, game over. So the first goal is massive because if we can score in the first five or ten minutes, it puts them on the back foot. We make the place as large as we can. And then the second goal is even more bigger because... Whoever gets the second goal, game's over, it's done. No, you're not, no one's coming back. Um, but again, it's that intensity, that work rate, that belief that they can, they can go and win these games. And there was past that against Fulham. We just didn't score. Um, because our defending so bad, we obviously conceded and we lost the game again, just um, a stupid goal. And we actually gave it away. We were in possession of the ball. Someone kicked it out and he got a throw in and he scored from it. But you know, Gary O'Neill, you know, brought Bournemouth to us last game of the season. And he had them absolutely fine. And they were going for it every corner, every tackle. They had players flying in. And it's it's not going to be an easy game for us. It's, it's really not because I, I, I rate him as a manager. I think he'll do well this season for them. Um, but we need a win. And I think if, you know, I know it's early days now, but if we don't beat Wolves and then get nothing against Sheffield United, I think that is in trouble. Yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to avoid that kind of, that kind of conversation so, so early on. Of course, there's already been, been the, uh, the, the odd, the odd. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, to- I'm totally against all that. But you know, if you lose four games on the spin, and two of them are to rivals with you should be staying above them. Who, you know, you're taking their place going down potentially. You know, what, what you do? But again, it's a catastrophic. You know. It's a it's it's snowball, isn't it? It's just literally we sack a manager, get a new one in, sack a manager, get a new one in, and we can't keep doing that. But Dice is under a bit of pressure now. These next two games for me, we've got to come round. We need to score goals in two games. 
Yeah, we, we got we, for me, you know, personally speaking, we've got to come out of these two games with, with at least four points. That, that's my personal opinion, if not more. Um, we've got to get points from both. It, it, it's vital. You know, the, the worst case scenario would be two points, but you want to get your first win of the season, and there's no better time than to than to rectify the the absolute garbage that we've seen at Villa Park by in your next game, especially at home, get a win against somebody that we feel maybe in the round where we are and fighting for those places that we're going to be fighting for at the end of the season. You know, they're not going to come and roll over. You know, the as I say, a good showing against Manchester United. They had they had chances. They had they, they, they certainly had, had, a, had a little bit of a go against against a good Brighton side. Um, we know how, how ruthless Brighton can be. We, we've been on the end of a, of, of a couple of hardens from them in, in yeah. recent seasons. We know how good they can be. So. Yeah, it's, there's no shame in losing losing to them, and and you know you you, you can lose heavily, um, but vitally important to Everton get something from this game, and and a win would, would obviously you know ju- just to just to get the ball rolling, go into into the, the final few days of the transfer window as well with a little bit of positivity. Listen, you know, first win on on the board, the fans feel better, you know, little things like that can you know can, can almost change a change a player's mind, you know. I just, you know, I just think. I just think, um, just quickly on that, I just think with, you know, winning games, you know, if we lose on, if we did lose, that's two home games we've lost. And I think this season, if we're going to stay up, we're going to be heavily reliant again on our home form. You know, because going away from home, what, what team are you going to pick, pick up points against? You know, you, you, you Liverpool, Newcastle, City, even Spurs, yes, they played well against United. Chelsea under Pochettino, there's very few there. We're looking at away games and going, we're going to punch from that. Home games for this, this season are absolutely massive. That we need to get as many points as we can on the board and then get a, a few cheeky draws um, and maybe a couple of wins on the board. But we, we can't be losing games. Obviously, lost, lost against Fulham. We can't lose games against Wolves um, this weekend. The home games are vital for it, I think. Yeah, t- totally, totally agree. Our home form is always key. And, you know, we, we can't be reliant on going away from home and, and winning countless games. It just doesn't happen with Everton, especially this this Everton side. But fingers crossed. I think fingers crossed for a positive outcome. But we're going to do predictions. Win, lose or draw. Simple as that. Pete, what are you saying? I'm not allowed to, to give a score prediction. Go on, go on. Get, get, you get very look. controlling with these predictions, uh, mate. I'm, tra- I'm trying to change the universe, Pete. I've told you. I'm trying to make sure that Everton win a game of football. Well, I'm saying 1-0 Dan Juma. It's going to happen. Own goal, Wolves win, or in our own net. Hmm. Everton win, of course. <laughs> of course. Callum? I'm going to go 2-1. Che Adams and Dan Juma. A few when he signs. Put the, a little asterisk by that. Might, it might yeah. be at the last minute. Um, but if, if it's not Che Adams, Neil Mope to replace. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go for a hat of wins. I'm going to be a bit more positive than you, so I'm going to say 2 0 Everton. I think it'd be a nice, a nice comfortable 2 0 win. Um, goals from James Tarkovsky. I'm going to say Dan Juma as well. I think he looked very lively today. He, he's, he's an eager player, and he, he always wants, when he gets the ball, he wants to make something happen all the time. Sometimes he's, he's too eager, but he, he, wants, he wants to influence the game positively. He was eager in that Fulham game, he went through one on one, wasn't he? A bit too eager there as well. I think he was on side as well. Looking no, back, because at the, at the time we all thought we all thought he was offside. But looking looking back at it, he was on side. He was a little bit. He was a little bit keen there, wasn't he? To you know to, to get his shot away. And if it, if he took a little bit more time, but I, I think I do think he'll come good. I, I was I was you know I thought he looked a lot better on the left in the second half where he prefers to be. Where he can cut inside on his on his right foot, but. Hopefully, I think he will get the nod next next weekend. Um, given obviously Dom's just put out a, an Instagram story there, but his his black eye doesn't look doesn't look particularly good. Like he looks like he's done done twelve rounds with Lennox Lewis in his in his piece. Yeah. So it doesn't look doesn't look great. So fingers crossed he comes through okay, Dom. It's not a, not a serious one, but I don't think it'll be it'll certainly be be too soon next weekend. Um, but let's hope let's hope for a positive week this week. Che Adams seems to be on the brink of signing. Will the uh, the Willy Nonto saga come to a come to an end? Who knows? Will we actually let, let let some more players leave as well? Who knows? But we need we need a good week. We need a, to finish the week next weekend with a win, of course. 
Well, Callum, thanks for coming on. You know, given given the uh, the circumstances, given such a, a poor performance, we, we do appreciate hearing from anybody who wants to discuss discuss that level of performance. No, always, always a pleasure. Um, thanks for having me on. Really enjoyed it. And that is that is us for for this week. We'll be back ourselves, obviously, usual slot next weekend to look back on on that Wolves game. Look ahead to to the trip to Sheffield United. So we will catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.